Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. This is Valerie Molyneux, president and founder of Vit Friends Vitiligo Support Group. It is my delight and pleasure once again to be bringing you another in my series of Life and Journey with Vitiligo. And I have a very special guest with um, whom I'll have a conversation with for the next couple of minutes. Um, today, I am joining you live from Boston, Massachusetts, where we are currently sitting at a beautiful 63 degrees. Oh, my goodness. It is so wonderful. The sun is beaming through my window, and it makes me feel amazing. Um, however, there's some slight weather things happening. You know, we're enjoying all of this beauty, but then in another couple of days, we're hearing possibly snow. And we're not excited about that because guess what? On 314, we're beginning to um, get excited for that. We'll be turning the clocks. And so um, that's beautiful. And then on 320, the first day of spring. So who wants to hear the word no, no one does, but I am going to be lifted in my spirits today with my special guest. Again, this is blog talk. Well, actually, it's podcast. It's Bit Friends podcast. We're celebrating our 10th year, um, and we have upgraded from a 30-minute show. In January 1, we started with a one-hour show. And it's my honor and privilege to bring to you some amazing guests, folks that I've watched, admired, loved for so many years. And we're going to have a conversation, and we want to incorporate your thoughts, your well wishes to our guest. And so if you would, if you would uh, write this number down so when we open up the doors for you to call, you can call and greet my guest. We're at 516. 516- Six 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 nine nine seven three again five one six 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 ninety nine seventy three again it is my honor my esteemed privileged uh, privilege to welcome 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 to our Vit Friends podcast ladies and gentlemen from Detroit and she'll tell you more about it it's none other than my friend and guest. Um, Miss Mrs. Phyllis Russell Gilmile. Welcome. Hello, Gilmer. Phyllis. Hello, Valerie. How are you today? I am thank wonderful. Let, thank you so much for saying yes. Make sure I'm saying your oh, last name pleasure. correctly. Please, could you tell me your name again, your full name? Phyllis Russell Gilmer. 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 Like Gilmore okay. with no O in it. Gilmer. Yeah, your weather Got sounds it. great. It sounds like what we're having here. It's a beautiful day, about 70 degrees, and uh, I hope, oh. hope we're not going to get any snow. If we get it, uh, we'll move it on to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. I know you oh, said you may be getting some in a couple of days. It is my privilege to have you um, joining me today. Um, well, I'm delighted so to let's, be let's here dive with in. you. Let's okay. dive in. Let's go right in. Who is Phyllis? Tell me about Phyllis, life, family, work. Tell me all about Phyllis. Let's start there. Well, 
Um, I'm married, and I have uh, two grown sons. Uh, we actually live in Farmington Hills, Michigan. It's a suburb of, of Detroit. I have two grown sons, and each of them has uh, blessed me with two beautiful grandchildren. Uh, I have Each of them has a boy first, and they're mm. a year apart in age, and then a girl. Three years later, each of them had a girl uh, about a year apart in age. So I uh, love spending time with them. I, I retired. Uh, let me back up a minute. I retired from the auto industry, human resources, in January of 2005. So mm-hmm. I've been retired for 16 years now and loving it. <laughs> I have not awesome. uh, urged, had no urge to go back to um that life. I do enjoy what I'm doing. I um, Writing, you know, creative writing is a passion that I've always had. But I, um, when I retire, I actually enjoy riding my horse. I love horseback riding. I play oh. bridge. I started playing bridge within the last three years or so. Right now we play online with the COVID. We, uh, I get together with three other ladies twice a week and we hook up into the computer. We play that way. We can't get together anymore. Nice. So do that. And then my husband and I play golf, uh, avid golfers. And I love to bake. I love to sew. Mm. Um, I take walks with my dog. So I'm, I have a, a very active life. And in that fact, I, I, uh, the baking, I just sent some cookies down. I had to go online to figure out, learn how to pack them. I sent some cookies down to my grandchildren. Two are in Virginia. Virginia, mm-hmm. and then I have the other two in this in Michigan. So that's kind of uh, a bit about who Phyllis is. Um, you know, like I, uh, active. I was just going to say that you took the words because too <laughs> often people, you know, when you're retiring or when you're out there, you're retired. People say, "Well, what do you do with your time? You you must be bored." Not Phyllis. You know, I don't know how I found time to work. I'm so busy now. <laughs> I uh, Well, just stuff didn't get done, I guess, that I'm doing yeah. now. But yeah. my time is, is full. It really is. And I'm loving yeah. it. Well, that is beautiful. Well, we got to know a little about who Phyllis is. And I believe mm-hmm. you, you said that your husband is a doctor. And um, well, he's a, he's it a is a privilege uh, having a you on my show today. Thank you. He's a Ph.D. chemist. So when okay. he's a doctor, he's, you know, he uh, has a Ph.D., which yeah. is actually harder to get than a, an M.D., if you can believe that. So yes, he's right. a uh, chemist by profession. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's jump in a little bit. Vitiligo, how did you, how long uh-huh. have you had it? How did you hear about it? And tell me about any treatments that you've tried. Well, let's go all in. You know, I started it, I started getting it uh, about Thirty-two years ago, and I had uh, this sharp pain in my eye, like somebody had put a poker in my eye. And I was in a situation that I, I couldn't yell out or scream or anything. And I, I, I was in a public setting, and I tried, like something had flown. I don't know if an ant got in there. A what are they? Red ants, the ones that burn you or bite mm, you. Yeah. And. It started from that, and I think because I was trying to maintain my composure and not show that I was in a lot of pain, um, I think it triggered something. Because shortly mm-hmm. after that, maybe a week or so, I noticed my eyes where they could be out, you know, where your eyes get white around them. Mm-hmm. So I went to the dermatologist, uh, Dr. Lim, at Henry Ford Health System in Detroit, 
who is the foremost, uh, as you know, oh, yes. um, uh, dermatologist with uh, vitiligo. And I was diagnosed with the vitiligo. And then it went from there. I tried the PUVA. Um, I tried uh, the UV light treatment. I tried mm-hmm. taking, I'm not sure, some internal medication, some pills, which I couldn't tolerate. Uh, I just would throw them right back up. I tried, uh, a friend of mine who had vitiligo let me borrow his lamp. So I would mm-hmm. go in my bedroom and at night, you know, I put the lamp. Nothing seemed to work. Wow. And uh, eventually my pigment just totally went away. I was just totally void of any skin pigmenta- pigmentation. How long the did last, that take, uh, how, how long? Well, you know, it's funny. I noticed the pigment when my second grandson was born two years ago. I was looking at some pictures mm-hmm. that I had taken when I was holding him, and I saw these teeny, 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 like, pen, the size of a uh, the head of a pen all over my face. And that's when I started to lose my color everywhere. And it was almost like overnight. I didn't even notice it, you know, gradual, that it was a gradual mm-hmm. thing. Um, so maybe in a year or so, my color was totally wow. gone. It's been about nine years that I have had no color at all. Interestingly enough, where I had the owl eyes, that color uh-huh. came back before I lost the color in my face. So <laughs> it was wow. weird. And I lost it on my ears, you know, before I was totally void of color. So mm-hmm. I'd say about 10 years it's been that I've been without color. And I don't let it bother me. I do use sunscreen. I protect my skin. I know that uh, the sun can damage it. You know, I have no yes. protection. As none of us, you know, that's just the way it is. With the right. vitiligo, your, your skin's not protected. But... um you know, I may put a little bit of foundation on to give my skin maybe a little brown tone, yeah, uh, and blend it with my neck. But other than that, I don't, I don't really worry about it. Like I said, I play golf. You know, I'm outside. Uh, I whenever I can, I still ride horses. I don't have my horse anymore where I, you know, do it regularly. But my sons and I went to Aruba uh, probably ten years ago, and I rode on the beach with one of my sons. One I played golf with. And when I went horseback riding with, <laughs> so that was that was one of my bucket list items. <laughs> so, so I did that. So prior but, so when to I that, outside, I I used my sunscreen. Pardon me. Prior to that incident of thinking it was an ant or whatever, had you heard about mm-hmm. or know any family member anything with about vitiligo at all? No, not anybody. Mm-mm. Not a soul. Oh, wow. Now, I, I had lunch with a cousin of mine maybe uh, two years ago, mm-hmm. and I noticed she had a couple of spots on her hand. And that's the only, other than that, there's been nobody. And I didn't, you know, it's a sensitive, it's still yes, a sensitive subject. And I wanted yes. to tell her about the group, you know, our vitiligo support group. And yeah. she may not have recognized it as vitiligo. And I thought, I'm going to call her and talk to her about it. And I never did. I don't see her very often. Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, her mother and I were first cousins. So she's my second cousin. But other than other than her, no. Hmm. There's nobody uh, in my wow. family that I'm aware of. So, so you were mature. You were not, you know, we have children and teenagers that, you know, diagnosed. But you were older. How was correct. your relationship with friends and were you, um, how did people treat you with this new thing? 
everybody, nobody, it was like they didn't notice or they didn't, I mean, it wasn't like they were in denial or avoiding it or anything. It was just like, it's no big deal. <laughs> you know, I didn't, they knew that I was going for the treatment. My one sister said, yeah, I'd have to go down to the, to Henry Ford after work today, for, you know, to stand in this um, tube. The light yeah. And my, yeah. you know, my mother made one comment, which did, it kind of stung. She said when she was uh, young, a young woman, somebody introduced her to someone with vitiligo. She didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And she said, and I snatched my hand back. Whoa. You know, he put his hand out to shake her hand, and she said, and I drew back. She says, and here, now here my daughter has it. Wow. And I said, Mama, it's not that big a deal, but it still hurt that that was yeah. her reaction because I thought that could be other people's reactions, you know, as well. Yeah. Uh, but my, my family, my husband, he said, we were talking about it yesterday. He says, I didn't even realize you had that. And he and I have been, this is a second marriage for both of us. We've been married uh-huh. well, be 26 years in, in um, August. So I had it when I met him. He says, I it didn't phase me, you know. Wow. Wow. So, no, I've not had any really negative reactions, my sense. You know, it doesn't bother them. When I was taking yeah. the pills, I got sick. This, uh, we had gone, my sons and I, before I remarried, my sons and I were coming from, uh, we'd gone to breakfast at Denny's restaurant. Mm-hmm. You have that in Boston, right? Yeah. And um, I got sick in the car. And my sons were, one was driving, they were in the front seat and I was in the back and I said, pull over, pull over, I'm going to be sick. And I couldn't quite get out of the car before, I couldn't get out to vomit of the door. Yeah. And we got home and I said, I've got to clean this up. My son says, mom, you go and rest. You go and lay down. I'll clean it up. So (laughs) So I didn't, you know, I'm their mom. (laughs) It didn't really. Right. Right. They want me to be okay. That's, that's That's it. The main thing. Mm-hmm. Now, as you yeah, as you not. talk about them, how old were they when you the vitiligo was was oh, they, noticeable? Let's see, let's see. They were uh, teenagers. One was about fourteen, and the other was seventeen. And the re- you know the reason why I'm asking that question because we hear from people with younger children and you know having to go to PTO meetings and the like and and not mm-hmm. wanting to go or the embarrassment of the child. So uh-huh. teenagers, I would imagine you didn't experience much of that. No, I really didn't. And um, I went to all of their activities. My son was on a swim team. I uh, went to all the parent-teachers conferences, and uh, uh, my other son um, played uh, on the football team. They were never afraid, reluctant, or uh, embarrassed by me in any way. You know, I never yeah. had that problem. They brought their girlfriends around. Uh, they didn't think anything of it. And I think a lot of it has to do with my attitude. I never... Yeah. I never displayed any embarrassment or shame or, you know, like covering up my, I had one spot on my throat. I never, mm-hmm. you know, well, sometimes I would wear a turtleneck or something just because I got tired. I've got to do the sunscreen on my face. I uh, won't worry about my, <laughs> I can wear a right, turtleneck, right. but my arms. And I would wear long sleeves to protect my skin, not so much to hide it. But um, my attitude was such that 
I didn't think about it, so you know it wasn't foremost on their mind. Yeah. So good, you know, it's just how you handle things. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now you talked a little bit about treatments, and I wanted to back and my up grand, to that. And my grandchildren are fine. My grandchildren are fine with it too. They love oh, their yeah. grandma. So. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> you you mentioned treatments earlier, and I wanted to go back a little to that. Um, because mm-hmm. it seems as though your vitiligo moved rapidly. And so would we then say that none of the treatments, because you talked about the light box and whatever else, talk a little more about the treatment and did, I guess, none of them really helped at all? No, they really didn't. Um, and then when I totally depigmented, I did notice that I have a spot that's come back. It's probably about... Uh, quarter inch in diameter, mm-hmm. maybe an eighth of an inch in diameter. It's on my cheek. So mm-hmm. I did uh, contact uh, Dr. Lim, and, you know, he said, well, you can get the lightening cream, the skin lightener, monobrinstone, yeah. I think it's called. Yeah. I tried yes. that. The first time I tried it, it uh, kind of skin a little bit. So I stopped using it. I contacted the compound company, and mm-hmm. they changed the um, mixture for me and they said wait a while give it three weeks or so then use it again I Uh used it for about six months but it didn't it didn't help either you know wow it did lighten did not lighten my skin and they say once you use that it's permanent you know if if they ever get a treatment for the LIGO and your your skin can be repigmented that ain't happening there Exactly. (laughs) That spot will stay as it, you know, will stay light. So um, one thing that I did use, and I try, I mentioned this at one of our meetings, our support group meetings. Uh, I try to eat healthy and Mm. uh, watch my weight, you know, do things that that work in my favor in terms of my lifestyle. I walk, I play ping pong against the wall in the basement by myself I just hit the ball back and forth to get exercise when I'm not walking my dog. Well, I have a juicer, and I was making juice with all of the dark vegetables and fruits. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of antioxidants in them. So I was making those regularly, and then I noticed my skin color was coming back in spots. So I used that. I told them at the meeting, um, now there's a school of thought that it does not help. Well, I stopped taking the juice because I thought, I don't have another 30 years for my skin to repopulate its color, you know. Right. But for people right. who have it, light, a slight case of it, it could work. You know, it could benefit yeah. them. And we so heard that right on this show. We heard oh, really? that right on this show, um, one of my shows a couple, a month and a half ago or so, uh, David Thorne. Out of um, you know mm-hmm. David, um, V Strong Ohio, um, okay. co-leader, and okay. and yes, he he has um, gone you know the the vegetable and food and changed his entire diet mm-hmm. and his color mm-hmm. is all pretty much all back. Yep, incredible. Well, that's, that's that's another case of it. Yeah, there's proof of it. Yeah. And then you no, touched you know, on the mono, 
the monobenzene mm-hmm. that you touched on, I know of a person right here in Massachusetts, and they tried that, and it brought uh-huh. the color back totally darker than really? the original. Yeah. So this whole thing that we're oh. living and, and wearing is a mystery. It's a total it mystery. You know, there's, so, it, there's so much uncertainty about it, uh, why it started, how to – uh, slow it down, or it's just there are so many unanswered questions. And we had our support group meeting last night, and Lee Thomas, you're familiar with Lee. Oh yeah. Uh, he said that the, his skin has started to um, he's losing color again, and he's gone through quite some quite extensive, expensive, extensive and expensive yeah. uh, measures to have his uh, skin uh, return, his skin color return, and mm-hmm. it stopped working for him. So wow. it's, it's just hard to know. But you know what I tell myself? There are so many things that are so much worse that I could have. I I pray for a cure every day, mainly for the yes. children. That's yes. what bothers me the most. Yes. Is the youngsters who have to deal with this. And it's, that's oh, my gosh. Of, you know, what my, why I wrote my book. Uh, it's just hard on them. It's just oh, yeah. hard and heartbreaking. So, I mm-hmm. I, I I am with you a hundred and ten percent. If not for me, if not for for anybody, I, I my heart goes out to the children, to the mothers who uh, are taking them back and forth right. to doctors and all of these appointments. Um, because mm-hmm. we're living in an era. I mean, you know, society is about. It's all about how you look, and you know. Um, then you That's have right. the bullies, the bullies at school. They're not letting you touch that swing. They're not letting you play because I, I you know. look different. Uh-huh. You know, like, mm-hmm. like you have leprosy or something. It's not contagious. Oh, yeah. You know, if you yeah. can't get it from touching somebody, or uh, you know, it's it's just it's very sad. Yeah. But the parents, to me, the the parents have to just work on the children's self-esteem and uh, tell them they're beautiful as they are inside and outside. Yeah. So it's, it's, I, it's know, a situation. I know you mentioned um, second marriage and you've been now married, you said 20 plus years. Right. Uh, right. To with, this one longer than I was my first one. <laughs> yeah. How nice. And he loved you. The beautiful yes. part about it is mm-hmm. he loved you. He didn't see your vitiligo. He saw you. He saw yes. Phyllis's heart. Kudos. You know what he said just the other just two days ago. He said you didn't have that when we met. I said yeah. I certainly did. <laughs> he says, "Well, I didn't know this." He was blinded <laughs> by love. It, I guess blinded by love. <laughs> I oh guess my so. goodness! <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, you know we we so not, we don't give um, uh, partners. We had this conversation, my board, yesterday. Um, we don't often, not often enough, do we give credit where credit is due to the spouses, mm-hmm. and then someone said the parents, the spouses, the parents that loves us through this journey, you know, and like mm-hmm. you said, don't even see it. Don't half the time. Don't see it. They see in your heart. No. They see the love they have for you. So 
please give Dr. Gilmore our love and our respect. I will. We just, I'll do that. Yeah. Kudos. Yeah, he'll appreciate it. Yes, I hope he can get a chance to listen to this. Oh, he will. (laughs) Yeah. To those out there that's listening, I just Mm -hmm. wanted to remind you that I am with today my special guest, Phyllis Russell Gilmer of um, Detroit. Uh, She's an author. uh, uh, Creative writing is her thing. And so we're having a conversation. If you want to jump in, want to say hello, feel free to do so at 516-666-9973. 516-666-9973. And so, Phyllis, you yes. have yes. two sons. And the the other question that people tend to ask, or at least when I had my kids, I would turn them over, flip them upside down to check for signs of vitiligo. Do you, oh. have you noticed any, anything? I know some people said it, it, it it's inherited, it's genetic, it's all sorts of things. What What are your thoughts and have you? Well, had you my one son, he, he thought he had a spot on his hand some years ago, mm-hmm. a few years ago. He said, Mom, I think, but it wasn't that. I don't I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't it wasn't the vitiligo. And when he called me, uh, he was in law school in Virginia in uh, D.C. And he comes, says, "Mom, I think I have what you have." And uh, I don't I have no clue if it, he scratched himself somewhere and it healed or or what. But mm-hmm. um, and I've always been on the alert for it. But like I said, they were older too when yeah. I got it. And because yeah. of the way I got it, I really think it was the trauma to my eye that set something mm. off in my system. Yeah. I really think that was it. It wasn't anything I inherited or, you know, I really think that's what triggered it. Yeah, some so kind of trauma. Aside from that one, right, aside from that one um, mention from my son, no, I've had no um no indication that they, you know, okay. nor my grandchildren. Phyllis, have, I think you have a caller. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see who's on the line for us. Oh, okay. Hello? Who's online? Hello? Hello? State your name and where you're calling from. Hi, this is Steve Taylor from Detroit. Can you guys hear me? Hello. We sure Steve, can. How are you? <laughs> oh, great, great. I'm in the car driving. I'm, using, I'm using Bluetooth, so I'm, I'm glad this technology oh. is working. Oh, awesome. right, right. It's working. It's good to hear you, so Mr. Bostonian. Yeah, so, so I just want to say that I'm really impressed with what you guys are doing. Phyllis is phenomenal in our support group. Oh, Before yeah. COVID, she was our receptionist. <laughs> so she yeah, would greet all the people coming to our meetings. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And and Valerie, if you recall, I had the privilege of representing Phyllis' book at one of your support group meetings in Boston. You sure did. Oh. You sure did. Okay. Yes. And one thing I remembered was I mentioned that even though this book is targeting young children with vitiligo, the application applies to everybody, young and old. It certainly does. certainly does. 
Well, we thank you for yeah. calling yeah. us. Stay safe on the roadway. That was my intent. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you. Good talking to you, guys. Take care. Be blessed. Thank All you. Right. Stay safe. Well, that's one of your vitiligo support group members, yes. and he's a Bostonian, yes. so we both have connections on either side. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted yes. to take a break right now. I'm going to get some okay. a sip of tea, and you can get a sip of tea while I do some house cleaning. We'll be back to delve in deep into your writing and your children's okay. material for vitiligo. So stay, stay close. I'll be right back. Okay, so, again, darling. ladies and gentlemen, it is um, a delight, as you can hear from our conversation so far. Um, I'm, I'm going in deep with Phyllis of uh, Detroit. She's a part of the support group called Be Strong out of Detroit. But better than that, she's an amazing author, and she's going to tell us on our next round um, some of her work and what's going on with her writing. Just would like to bring you up to speed uh, as to um, what's going on in our neck of the woods. Um, as far as our blog talk shows, up next, um, this coming Sunday, March 4th, um, my co-host Mark Braxton of North Carolina will be interviewing Justin Hall. And I had the privilege of meeting Justin Hall when I hosted the rally on the Capitol steps back in 2016. And so he is doing a lot of things. I don't want to give anything away, but you will be delighted with um, hearing that conversation um, about um, Justin Hall's journey uh, with Bidaligo and all that he's doing. Then on March 18th, I will have another interview with an author again, and she is a dynamic woman out of California. Her name is Lori Mitchell. She does not have vitiligo, but her daughter, April, uh, has vitiligo. She wrote the book about April, and I was delighted to invite April Mitchell to join us here in Boston uh, for our 2018 uh, conference where she spoke uh, directly to the young adults, the teenagers, and we had a wonderful time. And uh, March is closing up with the 21st. Mark has another conversation with a dear brother of mine. His name is Lawrence Wingate out of North Carolina, instrumental and was one of the people I consulted with back in 2016 for the rally on the Capitol. And we're going to hear more from him. We want to say special thank you to all of the people. Um, Well, I guess first I should say special thank you to the FDA opening their doors to this community, this unrecognized, sometimes is what I say, unrecognized community, this vitiligo nation, as others have said. On this past Monday, um, the hearing before the FDA from members of our community sharing their journey sharing their story. We had a a great number of people from Vic Friends. Again, we're a national body, and so we had uh, leaders from different areas of the country representing us, and so it was a delight to listen to not only our members, but, oh, my goodness, Um, um, a young man, Perry, from Pennsylvania, was 
watching. As always, Lee Thomas. Oh, my God, my heart. Oh, Lee Thomas brought it down of uh, Detroit. Perry Whaley of um, Atlanta. Woo, took us to another level. And just so many great speakers. Um, you have to hear it. If you'd like a copy of the link, it's on our website. If you cannot find it there, send me an email, support at vitfriends.org. Again, this is um, Valerie Molyneux, VIT president and founder of VIT Friends, and it is our privilege to bring you these shows, bring you some Zoom things. Uh, we're going to close up March Madness. Um, uh, March 26th, that Friday night, is going to be a, a wonderful time where Mark is going to interview the VIT Friends board, and there will be a Zoom link that will be shared out um, shortly. Um, some great things are happening among us, but again, as we celebrate and move into our 11th year, we're delighted to have our podcast now on Spotify, um, up on iHeartRadio, the nation's leading broadcasting radio broadcasting system. We're on that, and within another short couple of um, weeks or so, you'll find us on um, Pandora is the next. I think Pandora and Apple Radio, I think, are the next two that we're shooting for. All thanks to our amazing med students, all of our 11 groups and our teen group and our children's group all have an assigned medical students from well-known universities across the USA. And we're proud to report that um, Boston's very own Kristen is over in Singapore doing her Philbright studies, and even through her studies, she got us up on iHeart, and right now, even through her studies, she's working on Pandora. So I, I, I thank God for them and all the work that they're doing. But I'd like to go back to my special guest now. Um, again, Phyllis is her name, and uh, she. we're going to dig deep into her writing. Um, okay. I don't want to throw any of it away, but Phyllis, tell us. About congratulations, how, by the way, on your 10 years. Uh, thank you so years. much. Congratulations. Yes, that's great. It's hard work, but we're, we're chugging along. Mm-hmm. Good. What you. got you into writing? Creative writing well, is what you, your specialty. Tell us. I have always enjoyed uh, writing. I wrote the first poem when I was about 10 years old. It was for Mother's Day, uh, for my mother, a poem that I wrote. Mm. And uh, it was called The Dear Sweetest Mother. And uh, I've just enjoyed it just writing all my life when I'd have a problem something that my mother did that I didn't like or something that I couldn't verbalize um, she made me angry about something I felt like I'd done something that I'd gotten punished for uh, that I shouldn't have I'd write I'd write it down and leave it in her in her bedroom and then she'd call me in and we'd discuss whatever the case of the moment was but I've just always enjoyed writing, and um, mm. I have a kernel of a thought, something that, you know, uh, just be looking out the window. My first book I wrote about uh, 15 years ago, Where Do Crickets Go When Winter Comes? And I was thinking, I wonder where they go when it, when we don't see them <laughs> in the winter anymore, and uh, when, we, you know, we no longer see them. Mm. And uh, I I started it out, where does 
where does Casey Cricket go when winter comes? Does he put on a snowsuit and head for the sun? And they're all written written in rhyming verse. So, I love um, it. but I just I just think of some you know just sit and think of what's going on in the world, and I write about it. And the second book was about my dog. I was sitting in the dog park with a magnet and watching how they frolic and they appear to be fighting when they're really sizing each other up or playing or mm-hmm. they exhibit certain behavior that they communicate in their own language. So mm-hmm. I wrote a, wrote a book about that and um, it's called, um, he enjoys a day at the dog park. And um, so that was what inspired me to write, write that one. And it's also written in rhyming verse because I love to go to the dog park. I run and jump and play. My mommy lets me off my leash, but I can't get away. So then it's the, the final one, which is near and dear to my heart, my third book, the last one I've written, Skin Deep, A Child's mm. Story. And um, I was thinking, what would it be like if everybody in the world, well, the majority, not everybody, but the majority of people had spots. The majority hmm. had what they would call beauty spots all over the body, like I flipped the script, and only a few people had no spots, and they were considered the ones who were outcasts, mm. ostracized, not accepted. The more spots you had, the more beautiful you were. And this one girl, uh, so that's, that's how I happened to write Skin Deep, a child story, and the main character is Phoebe. And Phoebe, yeah. actually, I didn't realize this when I named her, the main character, it means radiant and beautiful. And that's oh, how she boy. came to be. So, um, I, like I said, I just have some inspiration, something that just uh, comes to me, and I write yeah. about it. Wow. So, well, and the first page. 50, we have 15 minutes. Can you read this in 15 minutes? Oh, I can read it in five minutes. It's just a short story. Awesome. Let's go. I have, thank okay. you for my hard copy that you signed and mailed. Oh, you're welcome. Um, you're and welcome. I'm going to read along with you. You go ahead. Take it away. Okay. Phoebe's kneeling on her at her bedside with her little dog, who's also spotted. And she says, Phoebe, the story reads, Phoebe was plain as she could be. She had no white spots like the others, you see. She prayed that she'd wake up one day and her plainness would all be gone away. She would go to the park and fight back tears. She wanted oh, I made lost the page. She wanted to play, but she felt such fear. She thought the children would chase her away, so she cho- she chose to simply watch them at play. Oh. Filled with sadness, Phoebe turned away. She longed to join them as they picnicked and played. But she wondered, why should they bother with me when I've not a single spot for them to see? There were those with fewer spots, those with more. Many had white spots by the score. They were proud as proud could be because they had spots everyone could see. Since Phoebe wasn't allowed near the others, she felt very alone and cried to her mother, and this part makes me tear up. I wrote this book, and all those years ago, and it still makes me tear up. She goes to her mother, and she says, why was I born with no white spots? I should have some, if not lots. Give me a break, she thinks. 
The other kids call me all kinds of names. They say, don't play with that little plain Jane. I feel so sad, and it makes me cry to know how I must look in their eyes. Mm. Her mother said, if you're spotted or plain, you're ours, and we love you all the same. Your beauty amazes me every day. So don't worry about what others might say. Mm. Uh, Turn the page. (laughs) Be proud of yourself, Phoebe's mother said, and know in your heart as well as your head how you see yourself is what matters most. And be proud of your plainness, enough to boast. Phoebe went to school the very next day with her head held high in a confident way. Her mother's words rang loud in her ears, and others saw that she had no fear. When children invited her to join in their fun, Phoebe no longer felt like the different one. They all held hands while playing their games, realizing under the surface they were all the same. Phoebe linked arms with her newfound friends, assured that they'd be there through thick and thin. Her feelings of sadness were totally gone, and she knew she'd never again feel alone. Phoebe felt so loved and filled with pride, knowing that her friends were by her side. What was the message they all finally got? It really doesn't matter if you have spots or not. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely. And the thing is, everybody, this disease does not discriminate. It affects everyone, no matter your race, your religion, your economic Mm. income, nothing. It affects everybody. Now, did you write and as well as illustrate this book? I did all from cover to cover. Every everything in this book is mine. I did all of the drawings. I hand, uh, I sketched them. I did all of the drawings. My, I'm not an artist, so I Absolutely drew them. Absolutely beautiful. Everything, but then I had an artist, another person, illustrate do the illustrations for the book. She took my okay. drawings and redid them. Phenomenal. So that's how that came to be. Wow. But like I said, it's the children. I, you know, the bullying. Um, I want this book to get in hands of children so they can see, wow, what if I were in that situation? How would I feel? My request would mm-hmm. be to see a series to this now with a child with vitiligo and the opposite to this. Do you think, what do you think about that? Um, I'm not sure I understand your question. Because this is talking, this is about a child without vitiligo and wishing that right. she had the spots like her friend. But mm-hmm. I would love to see it with oh. the child being the only one with vitiligo and just the total opposite. Well, I could, um, I could do it in that context where yeah, that would be um, interesting. Have to be, yeah, yeah, that could be done. But I would want her to be proud, not yes. Um, yeah. Look at me. No, I'm. Yes. Uh, you don't have spots. I do. Yeah. Because I've sent so this book out to a lot of our children. I have, to, I have to noodle that around. I have to think yeah. about that. I sent oh, this book. I, I've been yeah. sending this book out to a lot of children. Um, you know, I, I get requests, and I send the book oh, out. Or we've been sending them out good. to schools. But the good. more that I'm looking at it just now and looking at the pictures. It would be nice if the child that I'm sending the book to would see them as the main themselves as the main mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to give you a serious serious thought. 
Valerie. Yeah. That Phoebe is a great character work. in this mm-hmm. book, but she mm-hmm. doesn't have vitiligo. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Just uh-huh. a thought. Just yeah. a thought. Okay. Thank you for planning that one in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I pray oh, it comes to I, life. Can I just mention this? They are available yes. on Amazon. Soft yes. copy, and I have hard copies. If you know, if anybody's interested in getting a hard copy of my book, I do yes. have have them available. But yeah, I'm going to have to give that some uh, serious thought. Yeah, I like that idea. Hmm. Yeah, just just if Phoebe was was one, I'm sending it to you. You're a child with vitiligo, and Phoebe mm-hmm. would be you. It it be more. This book is impactful. Let me tell you. But I, I could see. A child saying, oh, my God, Phoebe looks like me. I hear you. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Well, you I know, you the, the creative wheels are turning. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, my God. All I need is an idea, I, and I can take, put the pen to work. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, it was it was my privilege to, when we came to the conference in your your town, your state, um, mm-hmm. your table was set up so beautifully. What was your experience like of this conference in Detroit, having all of us there? Tell folks that are listening that have never been oh, to I a thought conference. It was what was that like? I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, the uh, I met you know some people who um, inspired me. Who mm. it it just it just gives you a feeling of unity and support and um, you know and, and Showing off our great city felt good. Yes, having you yeah. know, people come come to Detroit. Um, I can't say enough about it. And the um, the venue was great. Yeah, right in the heart of of the city. So I'm just really sad that we're not able to do it. You know, we haven't been able to do it in the last two years in other cities. And yeah. I'm looking forward to it coming back to Detroit. Um, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're praying for COVID to to be gone, and hopefully we can. Make I get our my way next shot next Thursday, so I'm happy. Oh, good. I'll be happy to get that. I haven't been out yet, so I'm looking forward to that. As we talk mm-hmm. about support groups, um, how active are you in the Detroit support group, and would you recommend support groups to people? Oh, definitely, definitely. I started with uh, this one. Oh gosh. It's, uh, Wow, maybe ten, twelve years ago, mm-hmm. and I've been a uh, constant uh, member, attending all of the meetings and the picnics. We have a picnic once, you know, uh, in the summer. Didn't mm-hmm. have it last year, but in fact, we're going to have a a virtual gathering, social gathering on the tenth of April. So awesome. you know, with Zoom with our glass of wine and talking about what's going on <laughs> in our lives. You know? Yes. So yes, uh, the yes. support groups are, they're invaluable. And like Steve said, I, I enjoyed um, acting as the receptionist for our group. And I miss the potlucks. And like I said, I love to cook. I love to bake. And I always, mm-hmm. I would always make something special for that. Um, and you feel a part of something. You don't feel alone. Yeah. It's, it's a feeling of, of, like I said, of unity. So they should be in every city, as far as I can see. Absolutely. Think. You know, one thing that concerns me, I wonder about the um, 
the research, the money that goes into research for, for vitiligo, I think it is growing as, as it's becoming more and more people are becoming more and more familiar with, with vitiligo. Mm-hmm. But because it's more obvious in darker skinned people, African Americans, yeah. it's not as obvious in white people. I wonder if there's less money going into research. It sounds, you know, I, it's it's sad, but I wonder if it could be true that that's part of the reason that the research uh, money isn't there. Phyllis, you're the first person I think. I've been saying this, mumbling this, been saying this for so long, not loudly. Really? <laughs> but um, thank you, because that has been my my thought for a very long time. Well, and that's they, why they even right things. now I'm beginning uh, uh, to prepare a survey to send out to doctors because I've inquired mm. of the dermatologist statistics, how many of, break it down call, by color, break it down by gender, and nobody seems right, to have right. statistics. So we have, it's coming up hopefully by, I can't say this weekend, it's up already upon us. But um, my mm-hmm. board and I, we're working on a survey. It's all done. We're just tweaking a few things. And hopefully be out next week to dermatologists okay. across okay. the nation. We want to know what mm-hmm. the stats are because people are confused. They think it's, there's still those that think it's it's a black thing. And it's not. It's a black thing. Uh-huh. Right. It's not. And, and we want to know numbers. Exactly. We want to see the data. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be and you're right to see them. Yeah, you're right. I believe that's why the funding dollars, the funding dollars came in for lupus and psoriasis at a snap of a finger, pretty much. Ours mm-hmm. have been dragged on for years. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Sad, sad. Well, thank you for yes, saying that because I don't hear too many people saying that. Well, I think there may be some truth to it. Yep. I think so, too. I really do. Mm-hmm. But times are changing. Things are changing. And we have to just think positive, hope, send out positive prayers, and hope for right. the change to come. And it is becoming more, uh, you know, people are talking about it more, and be- people are becoming more aware of it uh, globally. Yes. So uh, that that should help as well. Yes. Well, we're coming down to the last couple of minutes. I want to back up a, a bit to um, you said Skin Deep to your books. Skin Deep was the right. last one that you've done. Is there anything else in the works and any more on vitiligo? No, but your idea that just uh, you just presented to me, I'm really giving that some serious thoughts. <laughs> well, the uh, the Skin Deep is the last one that I've written, but I am giving that some serious thoughts. Yeah. Um, and I, I write poetry for my children and my grandchildren, yeah. but that's that's not for publication. Um, yeah. More or less a family legacy. To go okay, okay. Well, we certainly do appreciate um, your work and your heart for the children to come out with a book like this that we've been able to get out um, uh, into the community. And we have it on our website. We point people to this book. 
um, okay. the quality of it. So we thank you um, for your contribution to our community, your community. Before we leave, uh, is there mm-hmm. somebody? Go ahead. What were you saying? No, I was just going to say joining the support group really um, prompted me to start this book. You asked about this book. I just, I don't know why I was just sitting there looking around at everybody, and I thought there should be a book written mm. about us if we are in the, if we're the favored ones, the chosen yeah. ones. So that's yeah. really, and this, when I would feel kind of like, oh, gosh, this is a lot of work. I really want to do this. I would be um, encouraged by, like Steve would say, Steve Taylor or, or uh, Lee Thomas or Dr. Mm-hmm. Rich say, well, how's your book coming? So listen, well, I guess I better get it finished. <laughs> <laughs> they gave you that push, right? So they helped me, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, two things before we wrap up, and you touched on okay. uh, the word sunscreen before, and as we talked earlier about temperatures beginning to climb and ch- the spring is upon us. What do you, what's your take on, on anybody that's listening that's still not, um, especially our black community, still not using sunblock? What, what would you say to them? Whether you have sunscreen or not, I mean, uh, vitiligo or not, no matter what your complexion, you still need to protect your skin. Everyone should use sunscreen. I didn't start using it faithfully, admittedly, until I got vitiligo. But mm-hmm. um, it's something I, I when I, I keep it two tubes around. When I'm running low on my one, uh, and I'll ha- have about 50, 50 to 70 SPF, mm-hmm. I, go get, I make sure I have a full tube handy all the Good. time. I never, I never run out of it. And uh, it can damage your skin. You know, we get skin cancer. And another point, I think they're learning, uh, this was mentioned at one of the support group meetings, that people with vitiligo, for some reason, aren't as likely to get skin cancer, but you still have to protect your skin. It sounds like a contradiction, but that is sort of a school of thought. But, yes, as far as sunscreen goes, everyone should use it. Not if you're on the beach. I mean, if you're just even in your car. You know, yeah. anywhere. If you go from your house to your car, the sun can still get you get to you. So it's important that everybody uh, use it. And children, you know, when I'm with my grandchildren, we go to the park. I lather them up. Yep. Um, you know, so it's it's very very important as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Well, last before you leave, an mm-hmm. encouraging word. If there's somebody out there recently diagnosed, you're struggling with. COVID, you're struggling with a lot of lack of work, a lot of lack of funds, and all of that. And on top of that, the diagnosis of vitiligo. How would you encourage them before we get off here today? I would encourage them by saying, this too shall pass. Mm. It could be worse. There are worse conditions you could have. Um, The the economy is going to get better. I always look at the glass as half full. I don't look at it as half empty. And um, with so many people, if if it's a choice of vitiligo diagnosis and um, um, a heart condition or mm-hmm. pancreatic cancer or um, COVID hitting hitting you hard. I take I take vitiligo 
there's so many worse things to have. No, you don't want to yes. have it, but it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of your world. And if people around you love you and it doesn't bother mm-hmm. them, even mm-hmm. if it does bother them, internally just be proud of who you are. Hey, yes. Beautiful. So that's, uh, Beautiful. As uh, Tom Hanks said in um, Forrest Gump, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. But, Phyllis, I thank you. I've been wanting to do this for a, quite a long time. Oh, and I'm so, so flattered, honored, and appreciative of your inviting yeah. me. And well, I so I'm enjoyed so it. But, you know, um, I, I didn't do a lot of people. People said, well, you've been doing this 10 years? Yes. I didn't want to do a lot of people because we only had that 30-minute window. And I would, I, okay. I knew that I would be embarrassed if, oh, my gosh, I couldn't ask you all my questions in 30 minutes. And I just said, no, let me just, you know. But uh, we're just so grateful. It's costing us some money. So if you're out there and you're listening and you want to support us, please feel free. We'll give you some more information. But, Phyllis, I thank you, thank you, thank you. And when you you're get the so next welcome, book up and you. running, you're going to be back will, on here you'll be for one another of the first hour. Ones, okay. You'll be one of the first ones to get a copy. Woo-hoo. I promise. Thank you so much. <laughs> My love okay, to you, Valerie, and have a good you. weekend, and stay safe. You do the same, and wear your mask. Thank mask you. Up. God bless. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, live from Detroit, Michigan, author extraordinaire. And she listed being a a cook and a baker and all the great thing that she's done or is doing in this um, retirement season of her life. Um, Very active in the Detroit Be Strong, very strong support group. And so it was my honor and privilege to talk to her today and to just hear from people. And like I said to her, our shows had been 30 minutes, and so we've moved now to one hour. If you'd like to support us, find us at www.bitfriends.org, or you can write us at support at bitfriends.org. We can answer any questions that you have for us, or at least we'll try. Again, um, join my co-host, this coming Sunday um, for a live show with Justin Hall from Atlanta. And mine will be on Thursday with author um, Laurie Mitchell of California. Again, this is your host, Valerie Molyneux, out of Boston on this beautiful, beautiful 65. I think we're cruising. may cruise up to 70 degrees. But wherever you are in the world, We trust that you'll have a phenomenal weekend. Stay safe. As Phyllis said, wash your hands, wear your mask, do all that you can do. And we look forward to having you back with us real soon. God bless you.